Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the show where I patiently wait for James Breakwell to stop <laughs> muttering to himself so we can hit record. And uh, I'm always curious, James, now that the muttering is done and it seems like you're focused, how are you doing? You know, the the delay, <laughs> I can put a number yeah. on it. It was 13 seconds. It, from, yeah. from the time I hit record to the time I said, okay, go ahead and count us down. It was 13 yeah. seconds. Yet you yeah. felt the need in the intro to spend 30 seconds complaining about those 30 seconds. And now I'm going to spend 60 yeah. se- I'm going to spend 60 <laughs> seconds defending my 30 seconds that you spent or 13 seconds that you spent 30 seconds attacking. We've lost like three minutes of precious content now. And our viewer is going to be irate. And thus is the nature of the show. In case you're watching for the first time, you can expect a lot more of this and less. But uh, James, now that we have gotten you back in focus, I'm wondering how you're doing. We, we've spent so much time talking about the ranch. And oh, by the way, I'll come back to that question. I don't mean to ask you a question and step on you. But I am in the small cabin today, what? as was suggested last week by James Breakwell. I can't recall another time where you've ever taken my advice. I, I got to say, <laughs> I, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. If you're going to start listening to my suggestions, I am going to change your life so drastically and not necessarily for the better. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, I just, just well, assume I have your best interests at heart, do everything I say, and then come back to the podcast e- each week and tell us all about it. And uh, good times will be had by uh, by me. Yes. Wow, you're like a, a best-selling self-help author. Yes. Life by James Breakwell. Yes. And if you just follow these 12 simple steps, you too can live the life of Ryan that James Breakwell is living. You know, and that's more true than you think, because uh, that self-help guy, I mean, really, the, what he's teaching you how to do is help him by buying his book. Like, I get that. So you'd be helping <laughs> me by generating better content for this podcast so I could continue raking in these zeros of dollars we've got. Like, you know, God oh, willing. Oh, you've made tens of dollars. Come on. Come I, on. I, oh, you mean, I'm sorry, the podcast. Yeah. I, meant, I thought you meant buy your books. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, the, the, someday I'll break the dollar mark. You know what? It's the we're 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 getting into tens of cents territory on the books. But yeah, the the podcasts. Uh, I can't even imagine what it would take to make a profit in this. Probably, first of all, we'd have to have some way to generate income at all. Uh, but sure. right now, that's uh, we just buy equipment for this podcast, and once yeah. every three years, I send you reimbursement for whatever you play to pay to that's host this po- also podcast. True. Yeah. And yeah. um and that's about it. And then um. Yeah, it's uh, it drains us financially, it drains us mentally, it drains us emotionally. Like it is, it is the leech on our life. Yet we come back here because we can't bring ourselves to pry it off. All of this and more can be found in Breakwell's new book, "The Twelve Steps to Healthy Living." <laughs> wow, that was such a! I, I feel uplifted, Jay. You are you, the wind beneath my wings. I am speaking just... of wind. 
Go ahead. I, I would love, I would love you to here. speak about wind, please. Uh, oh, is it actually too windy <laughs> no, for you I, to be outside for once? Is it, yeah. so you're, not, you're not in there because of me. You're in there because of, of the earth trying to kill you again. I, I don't know what I would have done had you not suggested I be in this cabin because I would have been trying to figure out how to block the wind from the end of my phone. But the other issue is the bullfrogs are doing their best James Breakwell impersonation, and they are being unreasonably obnoxious this morning <laughs> because it rained last night. So all of the cacophony led me into the small cabin. Yeah. Interesting. I, so the bullfrogs, are they, they, they try to mate? Like they get excited after there's a little bit of rain or they're hungry or defending new like aquatic territory? What, what is going on there with the bullfrogs? That's a good question. Uh, every time there's a strange occurrence in nature around here, uh, I try to research it a little bit so I can understand it when the deers do something weird or the turkeys are being the crime syndicate that they are. I have not looked into bullfrogs, mostly because I don't get frogs. We apparently on the ranch have two kinds of frogs. We have tree frogs and we have bullfrogs. And uh, apparently I made the mistake and deposited a tree frog down by the pond. And someone on Twitter was quick to point out, wow, you just sent that one to its death. But <laughs> the bullfrogs... <laughs> are the size of rabbits, like they're enormous. And uh, Mrs. Steve was gonna go down and try to rake some of the, uh, like the, the pond grass, I don't like cattails and stuff, mm -hmm. rake them out of the pond, but she's afraid of the bullfrogs. I'm old enough to remember the movie Frogs from 1972. Perhaps you've seen this campy B-horror flick, James Breakwell. But frogs eat people. That's what I learned in my youth. And so I'm a little bit scared of them too. So I don't know if they're trying to lure me to my death or if they're trying to get lucky down there or if you said uh, they're defending their aquatic landscape. But there is a lot going on at the pond. Well, I'm a little disappointed that you would lie to the viewers like that because what? you said you remember bullfrogs from the 1972 movie Frogs when clearly yeah. you remember bullfrogs from the plague of Egypt when Moses said, let my people go. Like, clearly <laughs> you are old enough to have been contemporary with that. Uh, with that being said, what's the, what's the mechanism wow. by which Mrs. Steve feels these frogs will bring harm to her? Like, I, I understand if they come in and they eat your crops and cause a famine, uh, but that yeah. just seems like kind of a long-term problem. It does, that's not really a jump-scare situation. So in this, <laughs> in this movie, which you definitely didn't see and which probably doesn't exist, how did these frogs even kill people oh, in the movie? I, uh, first of all, in the newspaper, I remember clearly as a five-year-old, looking at the newspaper ad and there was a frog with a man's hand hanging out of its mouth and <laughs> oh i had to see that movie yes and anyway i digress uh i the the frogs will do a thing there is a jump scare opportunity here because when you walk down to the pond, the frogs that are spending their time sunning themselves on the periphery of the pond will take that opportunity to belly flop. And it's a, like a, someone threw a bowling ball into the water when they hit the water. <laughs> and it is a freaky, scary sound. So there is there, there is always the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the ominous harbinger of doom. But the belly flop itself does no harm to Mrs. Steve, correct? Like, this is not an offensive belly flop. They're not belly flopping at her. They're just belly flopping in general, correct? I don't know how you could do an offensive belly flop, although you in a bathing suit is a little bit offensive <laughs> in my mind in the first place. But I'm uh, my fear is the belly flop is sort of like a rattlesnake rattling its tail. It's saying... 
you're not in danger yet, but you're getting close. That kind of thing. Interesting. So mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. uh, as the defender of the household, then you no doubt rush down there to bravely rake up the cattails because you would not have fear these assault belly flops. You, of course, are immune. <clears throat> James, I don't define myself as the raker of the cattails like Mrs. Steve does. I define myself more as I'm going to go in the small cabin and avoid the call of the bullfrog. That That's more my role here on the ranch. So what you're saying is you've let the bullfrogs win. You, who drove around <laughs> on a giant mower shooting at yeah. rattlesnakes like some sort yeah. of crazed hillbilly, you are afraid of bullfrogs. Are bullfrogs immune to rakes and bullets and loud sounds that scare them away? Like, if you go down there, are they just going to hold their ground and then at a key moment, belly flop, which in no way harms you or anyone else on the property? Two things. One, I remind you of the newspaper ad for the movie Frogs. <laughs> and two, if you're going to wrestle a shark, don't do it in the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, do it on land. Bring the thing onto your turf. Don't try to go onto theirs. The pond is the turf of the bullfrog. They have the distinct advantage. I have an image in my head now of trying to wrestle a shark <laughs> on land. I'm just, I mean, just picture, you know, you've got your typical like WWE wrestling ring with the ropes there. And there's just a shark that has like a minute and a half to live outside of the water. And then there's you. Yeah. And like really, realistically, this shark is not going to harm you in any way unless, unless you approach it to wrestle it. In which case, <laughs> I can't imagine any scenario where you don't get bit to death. Like I just feel like it would flop around enough and enough of its body is like face by area percentage. that It definitely is going to get some key bites in. I, if you were wrestling a shark of any size on land, I would put money on the shark. But if you were going to lay odds, maybe Olivas wins one out of a hundred on the land. I win zero out of a hundred in the water. And that's, I, I think you and I are saying the same thing, James, that that's why I shouldn't go near the pond. You know, I have, uh, well, no, of course, because uh, I, I, first of all, bullfrogs do not have mouths full of teeth and to date have killed zero per people in the history of the world. I, 1972? But, you know, you and I share an equal suspicion of sharks. Like, I am, oh. I am anti-shark <laughs> in a way that should get me canceled off the internet. I just... People are, okay, so first of all, we've got, we've got way too much Shark Week propaganda. So you, have you seen Shark Week on the Discovery Channel? From, <laughs> oh, it's coming in a back, couple months. Yeah, I mean, this is from back 20 years ago when people still had cable. So I have not seen Shark Week in this long time. But every Shark Week was exactly <laughs> the same. They, they show a few scary documentaries. There was that one uh, shark that swam up the river on the East Coast somewhere and ate like three people and then disappeared. And they're like, and they try to make them scary. And they're like, but actually sharks are afraid of us. Sharks are our friend. We're killing the sharks. We have nothing to be afraid of. And yet, and yet, during World War II, the last time there were substantial numbers of people in the open water, you know, because ships were getting uh, torpedoed, um, sharks ate all kinds of people. 
all the time. It was a huge, huge issue. They had to issue shark repellent. I mean, there's there, there's so many, like the, the story of the USS Indianapolis was torpedoed. Those guys were in the water for three days and they were you know just picked off systematically by sharks. There's that story, Unbreakable, which they also made a movie about where the guy went like a thousand miles or a thousand, whatever it was, in a, in a raft and this giant shark was, you know, bumping the thing and trying to knock him off. Like sharks very clearly want to eat people and the only reason they don't do it more often is for the most part we are close to the shore so that when we see a shark we can get out and the fact mm-hmm. that they only eat like five people a year is because there's like 15 people in the open ocean like they get a third of them so yes i <laughs> if you want to be afraid of sharks either in the water or in a wrestling <laughs> ring i support your fear if this podcast were just us saying i can't rake the cattails because there is a shark in the pond i would sure. be like good move steve you have made a prudent decision but if you're going to tell mm-hmm. me i cannot rake the cattails from the pond because there are bullfrogs harmlessly belly flopping mm. away from mm. me i'm going to call you mm. a coward and a fraud and i rest my case you know they're hard to shoot the bullfrogs. <laughs> why do you have to shoot them <laughs> they flee they flee at the first sign of you they flee loudly so that you know they're <laughs> fleeing this is their their signal of submission they slap their stomachs against the water to say i yield the cattails to you the large biped holding a tool and and that's I, not enough for you? I think the belly flop is more, it's not I yield, it's more I dare you to set foot in my territory. Because I, like the shark, have a distinct advantage when we're in the water. Okay, so let's back this up. You mm-hmm. and the bullfrog are in that same wrestling ring. How does yeah. that wrestling match go? Uh, well... I may carry a froggin stick. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yes, do, do, do actually. You know it's a it's basically the same as a trash stick. Like it's if you're a convict yeah. on the side of the road, yeah, just Ooh. a stick with a a stick with a point on it. It's a spear. That's that's what you got. You got a frog spear. Have we talked about this on this show? We have not. I, I can't a, believe you know what a froggin stick is. It's it's not like it's complex technology. It's literally a nail <laughs> on a stick. Like I can <laughs> I'm not the most worldly person, but I can wrap my head around that technology. I know I'm only an English major, but I, I got this one. How do you, but where would you have in your urban setting come across anyone who tells the tale of Froggen? I, I, I don't know if it's... Uh, <laughs> I can tell you're getting exasperated, Jay. I, I, I can't, like, it's like asking me, like, where did I learn about, like, bailing hay? Or where did I learn about jumping out of airplanes? Like, I've never done these things myself, but they <laughs> exist in the zeitgeist. It's part of human society, like... Well, gee, where do frog legs at restaurants come from? Like, they don't, like, they don't negotiate with the frog. They don't, like, set up a sting operation where the frog comes into, like, a frog, a fake frog village and they, you know, capture them. If if you want frogs to eat, you just go out with a pointy stick and you jab them because they are harmless and they are stupid and they can be defeated by a nail on the end of a stick. But yet you, well, with a six-foot-long oh. pole and a large <laughs> metal fan on the end, something that covers a wide area, something so wide that even if a harmless frog belly flopped directly at you, like flying right at your chest, you could, even with your lack of hand-eye coordination, thwack that frog <laughs> through the air and just send it into the stratosphere. 
James, I am touched by how much thought you're putting into my dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do remember where I learned about Froggen, the moment that it was explained to me. And so the fact that you cannot tells me that uh, I, you're lying. That's I'm the lying. only thing I can think of. I, yeah. How do you think? Do you think I, I don't know what it is and I just got lucky? Or how do you think this knowledge entered my head? Are you accusing me of being a, a like secret frog stick poker? Like, are you saying yes. I've done this? Okay, you're saying I'm a closet I, I, Whoever explained it to you must have created such a shameful scenario <laughs> that you don't want to recount it on the air. Okay. <laughs> but the point of the frog in stick almost literally, but I didn't mean it that way, is that I don't have the stomach to do that. I can shoot an animal at, I mean, I haven't yet, but I could at a distance to eat that animal. But to take a stick with a nail and jab a frog with it seems barbaric and inhumane to me. So it's just distasteful enough that I, I don't want to do it. I'd rather shoot the damn thing. I went humane frogging once. This was back in high school. And it was in the you days. Have frogged? Wow. Well, not like real frogging though. It this was back in the time when you could, you know, go over to a high school teacher's house without anyone going to jail. So he invited <laughs> over like the entire grade to go frogging at his house, and probably ten or twelve of us showed up because it was, you know, for extra credit. And I'm I'm oh. motivated by one thing and one thing only, and that's my own, you know, vicious self interest. So we go out there in the dark to the stream on his property, and I think we stood in the water. And caught zero frogs. I don't think any frogs were Ooh. even out there. I think it was just, uh, I don't know if it was like some weird psychological experiment or if he was actually testing mosquito bites or something else like that. But we did <laughs> not have pointy sticks and we were not going to eat the frogs. I think we were going to humanely capture them. I don't know, raise them or stare at them. I, I don't know how science works, but we did go frogging. <laughs> we caught zero frogs. No pointy sticks were had. So that's, that, is my, that is my experience in the frog arena. I did, however, actually, um, when I was really little, probably first or second grade, I had a friend who went out and there were a bunch of tadpoles in a puddle. And they scooped them all up, and they had and they put them in an aquarium. They had hundreds and hundreds of tadpoles, uh, which amounted wow. to like three frogs. The rest of them just all died. And I assume they released <laughs> those frogs someday. I don't know. But again, they didn't. They didn't nail any of the frogs. The frogs were all like cared for. We're not. We're not a frog stabbing people. And in return, the frogs have left us around. I have never had a visceral. <laughs> fear response in a frog situation. They've never jump scared me. They've never traumatized me with posters of them eating people like me and the frogs mm. were good. And I don't know mm. what you did to get such an adversarial relationship with them. I, I don't know either. It might be that I started this podcast with you and now <laughs> all of karma is stacked against me, but I feel like you right now, James. It's a little unsettling, but I feel uh -oh. like there are so many questions that come up based on the story you just told. What? And the first question is, what is humane frogging? What, what does that look like? Well, I think it looks like not stabbing the frog with a giant nail on a <laughs> stick. Like, how you ever, rather than impaling the frog, you catch it with your hands and put it in a bucket. With the goal that wow. the frog stays alive and doesn't end up being digested in your stomach. That, that's what I would define as humane. Uh, question number two, 
Was this a science teacher whose house you went to? <laughs> the English teacher. No, yeah, it was the biology teacher. In that class, man, that I have never watched so many movies uh, as in that biology class. <laughs> I, did, I did not go to a good high school. People, people hear that I went to a private Catholic high school, and they're like, oh, you know, the rich kid. It's like, no, no, no. It was the, the Catholic kid. You pay, you pay a bunch of money because there's no tax dollars going there. You pay a bunch of money for a facility that's way worse than the public public school facility uh, with teachers who are way underpaid and let you know that they're way underpaid uh, to go to school in a building with no air conditioning where occasionally you get out early because there's a sewage backup. But you have, you have a biology teacher who half the time teaches uh, with that occasional, you know, failed frogging attempt. And the rest of the time just plays random movies. Like, I think we watched Pleasantville like four times in that class. No complaints. Best, best, best class I had in high school. And that's how I ended up being a useless English major because the sciences had nothing to offer me. I had no idea the story would be filled with that much pain. Otherwise, I would have asked a long time ago. <laughs> but the so when you were in high school, did you dissect frogs? Because I wonder if that was his ulterior motive was to get some frogs for the class to do their Dr. Frankenstein work on. You know, now that you say that, we might have at some point... But we also dissected pigs. That was the main thing. We did that in junior high and high school. And like those things are cheap and easy to acquire. Like if you want frogs, you just you just order them from a catalog. You order the dead pigs from a catalog. It just they just come. You don't have to go out and waste your time mucking about in a stream. Like I'm pretty sure the goal of catching these things alive was to have them alive because there's no way we he would have ever anticipated getting 60 frogs for his you know two sections of that class. There's, there's no way that could have been the goal. Well, you got to double up or triple up. So it might have only needed, he may have only needed 20 frogs. So you didn't do the thing where you killed the frog and then dissected it? What, what high school did you go to? Like step one was murder. All of our things came pre-murdered, Steve. You pay for that. That's you. It's kind of like, well, the food. I, you know, I know that animal died, but like, I don't have to kill it myself. They don't, they don't send me a whole cow and a hammer and say, get to work. Where, where did you go to school? First of all, we used a gardening shears, not a hammer. <laughs> No, you you dip the the cotton ball in the stuff and then you put it in the jar with the frog. Maybe Jesus, it's just what? the frog pass. What? Yeah. You oh like you God. you what? I can't eat. No wonder you're afraid of these frogs. You were sitting there gassing them in oh, high school. They remember. You oh my I can't even I can't even make the comparison now cuz it's going to get us kicked off of YouTube. But you know exactly what the comparison is. And that is you. That is you and your class and they remember, Steve. They will not forget. Holy cow. You were oh. gassing frogs. I, it 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 was the best humanist no. way to do it. <laughs> what was humane about that? Lab? Did they did they like <laughs> flop around in pain as you sat there and watched? Was that, no, you... it was like Michael Jackson going to sleep every oh. night. They just passed out. Why Michael Jackson for that? Everybody goes to sleep tonight. Why did you pick Michael Jackson for that example? Because he used uh, propofol to go to sleep every night. And I think that 
that's what we were given the frogs. And so you had like a whole class dedicated to frog killing. Like, okay, today we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna get started dissecting. We got to make sure these frogs are good and dead. So take your poison, drop it in there, and then we're all just gonna sit here real close and watch as they die. <laughs> That was exactly that was the, what we did. Yes. Did you take notes? <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't. What? I we. Can't. Gee, wow. I I can't believe this is a strange concept. Yes. You, James. you killed the frogs. I yes. I've been to a lot of school, a lot of school, and never <laughs> once, never once did a class start off with, "Okay, we're gonna kill stuff." Like, that, that is not a thing. That is not a thing we do what? in America. It's not, that's not a thing they do for children anywhere. Oh, my god! Where do you think those frogs came from out of the catalog? Like, they, they didn't build them in a lab. They took care of it far away. Again, when we went down to the cafeteria, they weren't like, all right, kids, we're going to butcher our own hogs today. Grab your <laughs> shotguns and let's get started. Like, no, we just, there's a degree of separation. Some things children don't need to see. No wonder you're afraid of these frogs. You're afraid that they're belly flopping into the water to go get their cotton balls covered in propolol, and they're going to come put you in a big jar. They've seen those notes, Steve. They were remember and they are coming for you wow wow can't believe you think you kill a hog with a shotgun no uh, they use the i know what it is it's like a i don't know what it's like a it's like a pulse gun it doesn't fire a projectile but you know what we're not even going to go into it because this is a good humane podcast and the only monster here (laughs) is you you keep your murdering impulses to yourself i will protect the listener and the viewer and uh i'm just going to leave it at that we're going to let we're going to let the entire internet pass judgment on your terrible childhood (laughs) but it does explain a lot so i I feel like we've uh, we've made progress today with me thinking less of you well, we got to wrap this, but I would like to know from the viewers two things. One, if they've ever heard of frogging and if they've ever frogged, because I still can't believe that you know what that is. And two, if anyone else had the thing in high school biology where you had to dip the thing in the thing and then put it in the jar with the frog and then dissect the frog, because that seems like standard operating procedure from my point of view. You uh, want... Apparently, you live in a rose-colored world that uh, everything lives forever on a farm somewhere that your parents take it. You want people to publicly, on the internet, which is forever, to co-sign <laughs> on as co-conspirators to frog murder. You want them to put that out there. Yeah, Be prepared to be alone on this one. It is you and only you on, like, Shame Island. God, I wish I can't. I'm sitting here trying to remember my biology teacher's name in the 10th grade, and I can't remember... We, our first biology teacher left halfway through the year to have a baby, and then we had a permanent sub for the second semester, and I can't remember either of their names as I sit here. You know... Otherwise... They're lo- he's long dead, or she's long dead, <laughs> murdered by, like, the frog version of Mossad, because they have a long memory, and they came back for him, okay? If you don't watch it, they're going to come for you. Wow. And if you don't keep watching this show, James is going to come for you. And not in the good way that you fantasize what? about. Oh but... my, what? <laughs> Steve, how did you make this worse? How? <laughs> I'm trying to do a funny outro that's a little bit poignant. Uh, uh, please just end this. <laughs> this is Steve, the normal one, Olivas. 
for James the Constantly Outraged Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. We're going to miss all of you when we get wiped off of YouTube. And remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right.